Francisco 49 is deep in the heart. Like Joe Montana in the corner, deep Clark. Garrison Hurst, stiff farm going 99. Don't get it twisted, one and all with prime time. John Taylor, Jerry Rice down the sideline. NDB, greatest owner of all time. Groovy, Walgren, Bill Belichick, where all students of Bill Walsh don't ever forget. I'm Lee Gowland. I'm Brian Davis. And this is the 49er Faithful UK Show. Hi guys, and welcome back to another episode of the 49er Faithful UK Show. Five years ago last night was the pick at the stick. It is second down, Ryan takes the snap, goes the slant to the left side. It's Russell, intercepted! The 49ers pick it, and Navarro Bowman is rejection! Navarro Bowman running it all the way for the touchdown! <laughs> I particularly like the uh, he's ready for seven miles comment. <laughs> that was absolutely excellent. It actually yeah. felt as though he ran for seven miles as well. It did, didn't it? I know, um, I've held those yeah. very cleats as well. I know, I saw the picture. Yeah, yeah. they were brought so into the, the first... um, facility on the morning that we were there on a tour with um, Taylor Price and, and Will and Rob Alvarino and that, the guys that work for 49 Studios. And uh, as soon as I saw them, I thought I could have a picture with those. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, the first time both me and David went over to Levi's back in 2015, they were right at the very front of the museum. Just mm. as you walk in, they were the very first um, piece of memorabilia that you could look at. Yeah. But when we were there last year, they weren't there anymore. And Keena Turner had explained that uh, they keep on rotating all the different yeah, memorabilia yeah. because they've got so much of it. Mm. Um, and those cleats had been moved off somewhere else. Um, but yeah, uh, it, it, I was quite surprised at how small his feet were. Yeah, I, I think they're a size eight, a UK size eight, which is smaller than my feet. Yeah, so I, was, I was quite surprised about that for some reason. Yeah, so week sixteen is in the books. Chicago leave the West Coast one game behind the Rams for the second seed in the NFC. And ironically, they're hoping that we can do them a favour next week by beating the Rams in LA. <laughs> the game was pretty much as close as we thought it was going to be. Only five points separating the two teams. The defence looked energised and up for the game. And the offence didn't particularly look out of their depth until reaching the end zone. And unfortunately, that's been a familiar story all season long. What did you make of last night's game, Brian? Yeah, the old red zone uh, deficiency came back to haunt us, didn't it? Um, I think it was it disappointing did. to lose, but I think it's it's good that we're competing against these teams who are going to the playoffs. That's three and three weeks now, which shows you that we're absolutely not a team who should be picking number three overall win and draft. And and when yeah. you sort of go through that that game as a whole, it was only a couple of silly mistakes that cost us. Most most notably, Mullins on that fourth down play at the end of the game. And just to sort of summarise the the team as a whole, I thought I thought the pass game was. It was it was fairly okay. I thought our run game was poor, but I think that a lot of that was to be expected up against that Bears defense. Um, defensively, I thought our run defense were excellent. We we pretty much um, held them in check for the whole game. Tariq Cohen didn't really do anything. Um, pass defense were yeah, it, it, it was fine. Special teams again fine. They did everything that we asked of them. Um, Robbie Gould came on, kicked three field goals. He was never going to miss against the Bears, was he? Um, no. No, definitely yeah, not. The coaching was good. Um, and again, we've got 
it's just a, a few young players out there making or inexperienced players making mistakes and it's best that they're doing it in these kind of games than it is early next season when you know the band are back together essentially yeah yeah so completely off topic but um I listened to an interview that Robbie Gould gave during the week about the matchup with the Bears and particularly about the fact that they let him go um, and they're probably regretting that now. And he basically turned around and he said, look, I know the business. That season I had a particularly bad season for the Bears, so it doesn't surprise us at all that they let us go. Um, which is, it's kind of refreshing to hear that from a player because you get a lot yeah. of players who feel bitter after yeah. being let go. And it's basically like water off the duck's back to Robbie. He mm. not bothered. Um, hopefully we re-sign him and don't make the same mistake as the Bears made. Um, I, w- I would imagine, I mean, given our cap space, we should be able to get Robbie Gould back. And yeah. if we want to be competing, you need to have somebody who can who can kick a field goal. Yeah. How many how many Super Bowls have been won off the uh, the foot of a kicker? Yeah. Yeah, when it comes down to it, you need a, you need a clutch kicker, and uh, in the NFL, there's always a market for a kicker as well, isn't there? You, you look at how many uh, high draft picks and, and and guys that have cost cost teams games of uh, you know that they, they go on the scrap heap, but a lot of them they continue to keep coming back, don't they? And they keep getting jobs because teams need kickers. Yeah, that's right. So back to last night's game, um, negatives. We struggled to run the ball against uh, the third-ranked Russian defence, only managing mm. 47 yards. Injuries to Pettis as MCL, Breda, Selleck, and, and actually Goodwin near the end hurt his ankle again. Yeah. Um, that kind of took the shine off uh, a, a capable performance. Um, obviously, the Pettis injury, that's the one to be concerned about. It's an MCL. I don't know if it's an MCL sprain or he's actually torn as MCL. Hopefully it's just a sprain and he'll be fit to regain training in six, seven weeks. Obviously yeah. that's the off-season then. Yeah. Um, but if he can be ready for OTAs, then that'd be fantastic because he was starting to come into his own in the last three games. Mm. He's starting to play really well. Um, you've already mentioned the pool player by Mullins at the end. Shanahan has suggested he was being aggressive. But like you said, you, you need to look at that. If you're going to be aggressive, you at least need to keep the ball in balance to give the receiver a chance. Yeah, you've got to give him a chance. And with all that space that's in front of him, you've just got to... The first down was there. You take the first down, you get out of bounds, you yeah. stop the clock, and you you know you reset again, and you get in on first down, one of your next best plays that can get you the next chunk, chunk of yards that you need to get down the field. And yeah, if you're going to make that throw, you've got to at least bring it in inbounds and, and give him a chance to catch it it's, it's it's all very well being aggressive but i think you uh in that position where you've got that in front of you you, you have to take it and, and that's just inexperience and that's it, it's it's similar to the the kneel down isn't it it's just experience it's things that we'd rather see happen now at this stage of this this season that uh, in a season that's essentially lost than for him to do that in a game maybe at this stage next season if, if we're in a position where we need him in the team God forbid we don't, but if, if he is, then hopefully he's going to learn from these mistakes and it won't come back to haunt us in seasons to come in the future, should he be required on the field. Yes, so there was another incident towards the end of the game that could probably be 
categorised in exactly the same vein as is that is it's it's better it's happened now than next season when we're trying to compete, and that's the uh, Sherman ejection. Mm. Now, I haven't actually put that as a negative or a positive because I'm undecided. I can see those negatives towards that. I can also see the positives towards yeah. what he did. <laughs> Um, I I think mainly because of the game, where we are this season, it's more than likely going to fall into a positive because all of the rest of the defence, now that Sherman's got his back, he did step up there. The fact he got ejected late in the fourth quarter of a meaningless game, it it wasn't going to be a playoff decider or anything like that, I, I think that kind of lessened the impact of him being ejected. What I did notice, however, was the very next uh, Chicago Bears player that went over to the right-hand side where Sherman mm. would have been. Yeah, and, and if you weren't on board of um, of being a, a Richard Sherman fan, then after last night, you blooming well should be. Yeah. You know, it, it's have easy you... to say it's, it's um, you know, it's silly that he got ejected and it's silly that... In, in this day and age, people still punch people in the helmet with their hands, but but that that's that fires the team up, doesn't it? And yeah, it's an, it's kind of annoying that he um, he did get ejected, but you've got a anyone who's looking that he's he's fully on board. You know, he's 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 a 49ers man now. The, the, everything in the past is gone. That's you know he's fully into the 49ers now. And if you're not on board with that, then then you're not a fan of the 49ers. Yeah. So I was going to mention the punch to the helmet because I watched his interview, his post-game interview this morning. And it was quite amusing, actually. Um, a reporter had asked him, do you, do you ever feel worried about punching somebody in the helmet? And Sherman basically turned around and kind of said, without saying it, do you think I'm an absolute idiot? You never, ever punch somebody with a closed fist. Yeah. All, my, all my punches were open hand. So basically, mm. he was just slapping them about a bit. Yeah. Um, but he said, yeah, he, he learned that very early on in his NFL career, <laughs> not to punch somebody with a closed fist, just yeah. slap them about the head a bit, and it does yeah. just as much as trying to punch them. So I actually found that quite amusing. He, he had a he had a smile on his face, and he, he basically turned around and he says, I'm not going to let anybody do that to my defense. Yeah. If anybody does that, then they've got to expect me coming in there swinging. Yeah. Because you just don't do that. And I think what upset him most was he kind of expects that type of reaction from from the opposing sideline when a quarterback takes a hit like that, a lot of pushing and shoving. Um, but what he took offence to was the fact that it was the whole team just trying to grab hold of Moore. They all mm. wanted a piece of him. And Sherman was like, no, that's not happening. I'm going in there to protect my boy. So that was, that was really good to see. Uh, really, really amusing interview. Um, I like listening to his interviews. Yeah, he always says something funny during them. He's very articulate. So as well. yeah, he is. Yeah, that's so the standard that, education. <laughs> it is. I mean, I said this before. Before he actually joined the Forty ers he is a smart guy. Mm. He knows exactly what he's doing. His whole persona is made up to generate publicity, to promote his own brand, a lot like Vernon Jambajuice Davis. He he did a lot of the things he did purely to promote himself and to create yeah. a brand. And Sherman's no different. In fact, Sherman's a lot better at doing it than what 
uh, Vernon Davis was. Yeah, it's almost like the wrestling persona, isn't it? Uh, you have a wrestling persona, and then you have a a, a out of the ring or a, a non-sporting type personality. You know, your man on the street to what you are to in 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 the ring or on the field. You're completely different people. Yeah. And to be fair, I didn't think the hit was that bad. It was a bit of a boneheaded play, wasn't it? But it wasn't. It wasn't a really bad one, was it? It wasn't one where no. we'd be jumping up and down if it if it was on our quarterback. Yeah, it was late and it was a bit silly, but it wasn't like he went head to head. He, you know, he didn't completely rattle him. He just sort of, you can see that it, at, at the last second, he's he's thinking, oh god, <laughs> this is yeah. uh, this is going wrong, and and he's he's sort of trying to pull out and he's trying to minimise the, the contact with him. So I, I saw a lot of lot of. Um, negative tweets and saying it was a dirty play and we were a disgusting franchise and all that kind of BS. It, it, it's, you know, it was a boneheaded play by a young player who will learn from that. And I didn't think it was as bad as a lot of people made it out to be, personally. No, I, I didn't either. I mean, the, the lad lifted his head to make sure it wasn't helmet to helmet. And he also lifted his hands out the way yeah. to try and get as much of them out of the way as possible. And... At the end of the day, it was actually his chest that hit hit the helmet, and that was it. Yeah, he he did make the effort. I mean, you, you could argue that uh, because it was that late, he, he shouldn't have been there in the first place. But I think it's again, it's the inexperience. I, I think he's been caught in two minds, and he's been too late to stop himself. But he's done everything possible to remove any any um, impact to the quarterback. Yeah. So yeah, I, I I don't see that. I don't think it was a dirty hit. I just think it was inexperience being shown there, and that was it. Yeah. Yeah. So positives, as far as I've got, I've not finished on my negatives yet. Mentioned. Oh, go on then. <laughs> um, I, I didn't think there was that many negatives. <laughs> well, it, it was just penalties. I think it was we had crucial penalties at, at yeah, crucial times yeah. again, didn't it? The, you know, we had the Warner hold on the pick, um, and then we had. There was a penalty holding on Harris, wasn't there, on an incomplete Trubisky pass, which I think that was a second or third down, which gave them another free first down. Yeah. Um, and yeah, just to touch on the injuries, I think with Breeder now, we're at the stage where I think with these injuries that we're having, he, I don't think he's ever going to be a full-time starter. I think he's going to be a nice compliment to come in and... Um, sort of sub for McKinnon when McKinnon's back next season and he's going to be someone that we can get involved in in the way that we've used him this year but I think we're going to need to limit his touches and his workload because the way he's getting injured this season it's it's there's something in every game isn't there do you not think that he's auditioning to replace Samuel L Jackson as glass <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the case because he is he's made of glass um numerous injuries but one of the things that I thought of is it not the way we use our running backs or is it not the the type of running back that we need to play the way that Shanahan schemes because we need nimble fast running backs rather than your traditional big bodied bruiser who's just going to run through the whole defensive line we do, but then some of the plays that Wilson had in the second half last night was the big bruising runs up the middle, wasn't it? He, he's not afraid of taking contact, Wilson. And um, 
Yeah, I just think with Breeder, we just need to be very careful on, on what we do with him because clearly he's extremely talented and he, he can go places in the league and he'll do big things in the league as long as he can stay healthy. I just worry yeah. about the workload that we're going to give him and, and how fit he can stay over you know, a full 16-game season. So, obviously, he has missed quite a bit of game time this season. Mm. Um, but the vast majority of the time, it's been because of that ankle. Yeah. Is this just not an, an ongoing injury he's had all season that if it clears up during the off-season, he could see a lot more game time next year? Yeah, it probably is. And, and we've said in the past, haven't we, that he probably should have sat down for a week or two when he was suffering with this injury back, what, week six, week seven, or whenever it was that he had the yeah. injury. Um, and yeah, he seems to maybe... I know, you know, you credit to him for wanting to come back and play, but at some point you've got to realise that that injury isn't getting any better and you know you need to be sat down. And, and whether he'll be sat down again this Sunday coming and, and maybe we see Matt Day's possibly this week as well. But, so I don't know if you noticed, but uh, Matt Day's fielded uh, a kick return last night. He did, yeah, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, I think that was his only involvement in the game, that one kick return. Yeah. Um, but he did... I can't even remember. I think it was 13 yards he got. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so there, there um, could, could be a case for uh, sort of sitting Breeder down this Sunday or next Sunday now and uh, having a look at, at days and just sort of uh, thinking about next season, really. But I just, just felt yeah. also that um, I think the Bears made better adjustments at half-time than us, didn't we? Because in the second half, our O-line fell to pieces a little bit. The, the pressure was constantly on Mullins. So, yeah, I just don't think sometimes we make the correct adjustments and, and the correct changes or, or we're not quite as savvy as our opposition have been in, in some of the changes that are that are made. And also, we're, we've still yet to have a winning season at Levi's. We're 4-4 four and four this season, so that can That's not a losing season. season. It's not a losing season, no, but we're not to have a winning season yet at Levi's. So that no, was something else right. I picked up on last night or this morning. That's yeah. me negative stuff. So just quickly go back to the penalties. Did you think any of the calls were suspect? I thought a couple of them were very, very soft. Very, very soft. Yeah. I, I think there was the one when, uh, on... Go on. The one where Buckner got the uh, the helmet call. Well, when I first saw it, I, I thought that was rubbish. Utter rubbish until I saw the replay. And then you can see his fingers actually going into the mask and he is twisting. Yeah, he's so, pulled it down. Yeah, I, can, I can understand that. Um, but when I first saw it, I, I just thought his, his arm had gone across his, uh, the front of his face and that was it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there, there was there's a couple of couple of calls where you thought, I can't believe they've called that. That's just yeah, ridiculous. I thought the holding on Warner was something or nothing. There was, it was a yeah. slight hold and, and the flag was thrown and, and that cost us a pick. And, and yeah, they scored and a touchdown. Straight th- from there it. There was one for pushing after. the back. Yeah. There, there was one for a oh, push yeah, in the back, back. Uh, clear Mac, uh, yeah, Trent Taylor. I mean, yeah, it was, it was almost like, anything, it? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's what I was just about to say. It was almost as though he was just tickling his back very lightly. Yeah. But the way Khalil Mac like lurched forward after, after this little tickle, I think mm. he kind of sold it a little bit as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that was disappointing, but but you get them, you get them in every game. So I'll let you crack on with your positives because I, I haven't got that many. Have you not? Okay. Mainly because, yeah. 
I've got quite a few, which Go is on. good. Um, turnovers. We won the turnover battle. Yeah. And not only did that, with those two sort of bogus soft calls, we should have had four. Yeah, we should have. Yeah, so yeah, we out-turnovered the Bears, who lead the league in turnovers. We out-sacked the Bears, which was really good. And yeah, we we kept another playoff team close. Like we said earlier, it's uh, that is that is positive. We're when we're, we're definitely not a team who's going to be picking third in the draft. Um, we only gave up fourteen points again to a playoff team. Uh, I thought the defensive line were were very good. Buckner and Marsh played really well. Marsh had a couple of sacks. Solomon Thomas seems to be really yeah. coming into that interior role now. Um, Elijah Lee another twelve tackles. Yeah, the defense only gave up two explosive plays through the whole game um, and then offensively Bourne 4 for 73 that was probably his best game in a 49ers jersey yeah um, Kittle is now uh, 1,228 yards on the season which is the 6th best ever for a tight end um, so if he can have a 100 yard game exactly 100 yards he will get the best ever season for a, a tight end which will be Gronkowski's year in 2011 yeah, um, and yeah, Mullins. I thought he was decent for the majority of the game. I think the game will probably be remembered for the lap brawl and probably from the the throw and the non run at the end. But there were two sideline throws that he made on that drive before half time, and I posted in the group as well that if if if, they, if those throws were made by Rogers or Brady, uh, Brady or Brees or someone like that, they'd be on highlight packages like all week. They'd be gushing over it. You know that he hit him in stride. They he basically dropped it into the basket and not only that it was in, in the right area of the field down the sideline to, to stop the clock and it was on a quick scoring drive right before the, the halftime break and there was also a play on the I think it was the first drive of the second half where he, he pump faked and it pretty much stopped Khalil Mack in his tracks for a split second yeah. and then he got that pass away Like if that was one of the elite quarterbacks in, in the NFL that did that people would be like just gushing over it completely so yeah I, I think you know we, we can all sort of sit here and and, and criticise Mullins for his play at the end of the of the end of the match there but some of the the plays that he did make uh, last night were were of a, an elite level I would say yeah I would I would agree with that um, while we're talking about Mullins um, I think I mentioned in the group that I, I thought that very final play was due to inexperience yeah. Um, somebody else had mentioned, well, if we'd had CJ, CJ would have run it. So I completely agree. I think CJ would have run it. However, if you look at all the things that Mullins did during the game, all the stuff that you've just mentioned, CJ would never have done that. He, he wouldn't no, he have been have able to make those throws. He, he's not as aggressive as what Mullins is. He'd have certainly have taken a hell of a lot more sacks because mm. he holds onto the ball a lot more than what Mullins does as well. So... Yeah, if it's not down to experience and CJ would have run it, fair enough, I agree with that. But I think Mullins just needs to get a few more games under his belt. He, he will get that experience. As you've said, some of his throws last night were at an elite level. They were, yeah. Um, I, I think we're very fortunate now that we do have potentially a backup to Jimmy Garoppolo who can win us games. It's still yet to be seen whether or not we trade him in the off season. I don't think we will. I think we'll try and trade CJ. Yeah. I would hope we'd try and trade CJ because I don't see, unless it's a ridiculously good offer, 
I don't see the value of letting Mullins go. Because we know with Mullins, we can win games. With CJ, we'd probably keep the games close. But we won't win them. Yeah, as long as you've got the likes of Josh Johnson and um, Blaine Gabbert starting games in the NFL, there there will be a market for someone like CJ Pathard. Yeah. It has to be. Yeah. It has to be. Um, and then obviously this week we've got the Rams, haven't we? Um, they need to win to secure the number two seed and a, a bye week, as the Bears need to win their game as well to try and jump over them and get that number two pick. So yeah, we've got competitive football in week 17, which is good. I say it's it's going to be a tough game against the Rams, isn't it? But there's that chance now that we probably will secure a top three draft pick. So I think we're just ahead of the Jets now, aren't we, as things stand? So we've uh, the strength of schedule and that, I think, has changed. And yeah. I think we've uh, we've jumped up to three now. So, yeah, so That's it's good. Correct, yeah. Competitive football week 17. Um, I know we're not, we're not particularly playing for anything, but, you know, there's something on the game, which means it's not just going to be one of those... Um, pointless games where neither team either wants to win or you know the Rams are putting out third and fourth stringers we have to put out third and fourth stringers because that's what we've got yeah yeah so what what I'm going to be interested to see in the Rams game is something that was mentioned I think was mentioned in the commentary of last night's game and that is when the Bears played against the Rams and beat them what they were doing is they went until the, the game clock sorry the play clock had getting down to 15 seconds, which is when the mic in Jared Goff's helmet switches off, and then they were switching the defence around. Okay. So that um, McVeigh couldn't tell Goff what was happening. Mm. Um, and apparently that, that is what caused Goff so many problems. So okay. it would be interesting to see if we do a similar thing. Mm. Once the pl- play clock gets down to 15 seconds, whether or not we see our defensive units switching about to, to give Jared Goff a completely different look. Mm. Yeah, that is interesting. I've I've, uh, I've not seen or, or read that. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it it should be a, a decent game. I think you know the Rams have got far too much for us, and we'll probably go into that when we talk, do the preview thing. But yeah, it's I, yeah. Like I say, it's I think it's just good that come the end of the season, there's um, competitive football because it sometimes you, you sit down at week 17 and, and you look at some of the games being played, you think, God, this really is going through the motions, isn't it? For When you've got sort of teams going up against other teams, who they're both already out of the playoffs. And yeah, it's just sometimes it can be hard to watch, can't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, you're right. It's good that we've got competitive games, even if they are third and fourth stringers that we're using. Yeah, um, because it's good to actually see that our third and fourth stringers can can step up and play against playoff bound teams. Yeah, and actually keep games close because come next season, that's definitely going to give us confidence uh, as long as we can keep everybody fit. Yeah, so definitely. you've covered off all of my positives. Um, Excellent. <laughs> yeah, I mean the, the the one thing I'll just reiterate again. We're up against the uh, the number three ranked defense in the Bears, and we kept them to one sack and only three tackles for losses. And I thought mm. that was excellent. I, I was really expecting four or five sacks to come our way last night, um, and I think we did well to to prevent that. I mean, obviously Mullins did a lot uh, when he was throwing the ball away. Actually, there's the thing: there, there was one player 
where Mullins threw the ball to the ground. And I thought he still had plenty of time to either throw it out of bounds or at least give a receiver a chance of getting a getting a catch there. It just seemed like a really odd thing to do. He just threw it, I think it was Person that was in front of him, and he just mm. threw it at his feet. Yet there wasn't oh, yeah, a defender. Yeah, yeah, there was, wasn't there? Yeah. Yeah. Yet there wasn't a defender within a couple of seconds of him. So he still mm. had a little bit of time to do something there. Um, but obviously, I mean, we we can't see from his point of view. He might be thinking, well, everybody's covered. They're not going to get open in the next second or two. Just throw it away. Um, mm. Avoid the sack. Avoid the loss of yards. So it's, it's always difficult to say that until you watch the coaches 22. And that's never available until like 36 hours after the game. Yeah. So, and I certainly won't be doing that tomorrow. <laughs> no. Um, so that, that that's the only positive I was going to go for the the um, the fact that we limited the Bears' defense to one sack and three tackles for a loss. So, onwards and upwards. Final game of the season coming up uh, next Sunday night against the Rams. We will record the preview podcast on the Friday as usual, I believe, um, and then the review podcast i think if it's not on new year's eve it may be a couple of days later because it always takes me a couple of days <laughs> to get over a hangover now <laughs> so i don't fancy doing it on new year's day but we i'll we'll try and get it out on new year's eve if we're both available um so the final thing is merry christmas to all and we look forward to recording the uh, the few final podcasts of 2018 together Thanks for listening, guys. Cheers. Merry Christmas. We love the San Francisco 49ers deep in the heart. Like Joe Montana in the corner, deep Clark. Garrison Hurst, Stiff Farm going 99. Don't get it twisted. One and all with prime time. John Taylor, Jerry Rice down the sideline. NDB, greatest owner of all time. Groovy, Walgreens, Bill Belichick. We're all students of Bill Walsh. Don't ever forget.